Welcome to episode 72 of the Horror Dads podcast. I am Jamie, joined by my buddy John, and today we're going to talk about some of our favorite comedy horror films. What's up, John? What is up, buddy? We're live and in person today. Ready for some laughs. I know. This was a super fun prompt because I kind of feel like these days, like, I don't really watch anything but horror. Yeah, and um, upon doing this uh, research for this topic and some of my favorite uh, horror comedy films, I didn't realize how many of my favorite films really fall into this category. Yeah, the comedy. Maybe it's like our bodies are seeking some reprieve from the yeah, maybe. <laughs> amount of horror we're watching. But when you look back and you think about your favorite horror films, like yeah. think about Night of the Creeps and Fright Night and just Dude, the burbs and uh, so you know. many things that just they provide levity. And I, I think that's part of our what we like about horror is the comfort films. And a lot of times the comfort films have humor. Absolutely. So I, I think we're, we're going to not talk about some really obvious ones. We're going to avoid some just because we've talked about a lot of films on this podcast. Yeah. We want to introduce some new ones. but. I think there's some serious comfort food uh, on this list, don't you? I do, and uh, I know that you and I at least chose one that has been heavily talked well, yeah. about. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we'll explore it more from the comedic side rather than uh, just the typical... Why we love it yep. so damn much side. Uh, so before we jump into our films, we're going to talk about 10 movies today. We're going to each pick five. Uh, and do a little countdown of our top five, respectively, each. But before we do that, we always like to catch up. We like to talk about what we've been watching, what we've been buying, what we're wearing, what the family's been up to. So we'll do that real quick. We'll shoot the breeze, and we'll jump into our episode. So, Love Jamie, it. let's kick off with what you've been watching. Anything new? Anything special? So, yeah, I actually did, uh, with the Halloween season quickly approaching, my wife uh, has been more eager to watch uh, some movies that we haven't seen. Uh, so we... The other night we watched a movie called uh, You Are Not My Mother, which is an Irish film um, directed by a woman. This was her first uh, feature film. Her what, name what was it is, on? Uh, uh, we watched it on Hulu. On Hulu? Nice. Yeah. And uh, this was, what was her name? Let me get it here because it's worth noting. Uh, Kate Dolan. And this was her first feature film. Uh, really <sighs> worth checking out for sure. Uh, the story was... Pretty immersive. Uh, it's a slow burn, but it's one that has a good payoff. Um, I would recommend going into a blind. You will not be disappointed. Not saying it's the best film on earth, but you know when you watch something new, it's always a crapshoot, right? Yeah. Uh, this was worth watching, and I watched. I think you watched this as well. The Watcher. Watcher. Oh, Watcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking good. Uh, has our girl in it. Is it Mika or Micah? Or Mika? Micah? Mika. I think it's Micah. From from It Follows? Yeah. 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 She's great. Love her. And she's so good in this movie. Uh, this has the... It has strong vibes of that movie that you and I watch. Uh, the John Carpenter film. Someone's watching me. Someone's watching me. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the high-rise horror, essentially, is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this really gave me those vibes. And then the last one I wanted to mention was this movie. I don't know if this was on... This might have been on Amazon on Prime. This was called Honeydew. And it's one of those movies I've come across uh, very often. Honeydew. It's always on my, like, what you will like or okay. what you might like, you know? Uh, and I'm always like, man, like the premise just never really. But the other day, it was like Saturday morning. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just throw this on. Um, and it's about this couple that's the woman is d trying to get her doctorate in botany. And she's researching this 
disease that affects wheat that oh. essentially poisons the crops oh, and poisons yeah. cows. And these are especially scary now in like post COVID yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so needless to say, they get lost. Uh, they end up at this strange farm woman's house and dude, it is, it's one of those movies where you're not going to feel good about yeah, too yeah. much. Uh, that's one of those that you go sleep on your kids. Oh floor my afterwards. God, yeah. dude. <laughs> I can't, again, I don't want to give anything away, but holy shit. Mm. I recommend if We've you like, in there. <laughs> if you like fucked up shit, uh, I would recommend checking out Honeydew. Is there a sequel called Cantaloupe? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fucking, I've been sitting here like waiting for a pause to, uh, to you drop prick. that. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah, so I also checked out Watcher. I thought it was really good. We're actually going to do a Patreon episode on, I think we're going to focus on Watcher and Voyeur Horror yeah. for the month of September. So we're going to drop a little bonus episode on that if you want to hear more about our thoughts on Watcher. Also checked out Slaughterhouse Rock, right? Slaughterhouse Rock, is oh, that yeah, what it's called? for our... Uh... <laughs> Or I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah, so we have a also a Patreon segment called Never Seen It, where we watch a film we've never seen. The patrons vote on what that movie is in August. <laughs> I know, dude. I, in my head, I can't like say it normally. But yeah, we checked we checked out Slaughterhouse Rock. It was actually a ton of fun. Uh, late, I think late eighties movie. Um, I almost spent thirty five bucks on the Blu Ray, dude. It was fun. Still might. We watched some shitters on that Never Seen It segment quite frequently but this was not one of them this was a great i a think great, collectively this yeah. might have been our favorite uh of the never seen it that was fun checked out watcher still been on the buffy train and you know now that the season's starting jamie we had our fantasy football draft the other night we we put on the 2018 halloween so yeah we did i forgot yeah we're, t- we're tiptoeing in it's like just after Labor Day, we're back to school. Like kids are back to school. Yeah, I mean, I'm in fall now. Uh, at, right after, so we have this big fair locally. It's called the Canfield Fair, um, which is where you live and where I grew up. And it's a fair, one of those fairs that like people come from, you know, within a like hundred miles yeah. to like come. Yeah, it's the um, biggest in Ohio. It's like six days or something. So anyways, once that is done, it's typically September sixth or right after Labor Day. Labor Day is the last day of the fair. It's fucking fall for me after that. You know, we're in the harvest. Uh, so it's time to go. The time har- to rock <laughs> the harvest. Uh, but yeah, no, we got football starting this week, man. Ooh, yeah. Um, and just like the nights are getting colder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waking up in the morning, putting a hoodie on, sweating by nine a.m. <laughs> Try, trying to force the issue, just forcing it. Yeah. Have you been buying anything recently? Actually, before that, these are going to be intrinsically linked. So what we buy and what we have done with our family are probably going to be the same. Probably <laughs> coincide. Yeah, I think they're probably going to be the same because we probably have the same family antic. But what what's your family antic, buddy? Yeah, and you're right. It does go along with what, I was, what I've been buying recently because August 4th, I believe, our Spirit Halloween opened. Yep. Um, so August 6th, which was, was a, a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. My kids uh, needed to get out of the house. They were driving everybody crazy. My wife was about to um, jump out the second floor window. She was going to carve so you like a pumpkin I, yeah, if you didn't get out. Right. Yeah. So I was like, all right, kids, let's fucking go. Let's get in the car. And they're like, where are we going? I was like, it doesn't matter. Get in there. Uh, so I drove them to Spirit. And uh, we're in there. They're fucking pumped to be there, as am I, smiling. 
I see them like take off darting through the aisle. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? I was like, where are you guys? And then I see your kids and I was like, what? And then I see you and I think you and I just made eye contact where we're like, well. I don't think we even spoke. It wasn't even a shock to us. It was like. came up and gave you a hug. We had no previous knowledge that each other was going to be there. Uh, I think I pointed at a random woman like, we're we're horror dads. That's us. And she's looking over her shoulder. Why like, are you men hugging? Are you, talk, are, you talk, are you talking to me? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> don't make eye contact. Don't look with at me, me you yeah. creep. But yeah, dude, that was that was hilarious that that happened. Yeah. Fun. But so did you? Did you got? Did you guys buy some stuff on your first trip? Yeah. So uh, I know that you do this thing where you tell your kids before you go in, like everyone can get one thing. Yeah. Yourself included. Uh, yes. So I did that with my kids. I let them pick something out. My oldest son picked out a mask. One of those that like has a. A connected like light switch so you can turn the mask on, uh, lights on. And then my youngest son wanted some bullshit like squeezy ball, squishy ball fucking thing. Is it and even I, horror related? Not even <laughs> horror related. It was orange. I, so I guess that's the only thing. Uh, yeah. So on the drive home, he's back there playing with this fucking ball trying to make fart noises. <laughs> At one point, you just hear like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? He had this like white toxic shit that's inside the ball dude. all over my fucking car, dude. It was on the roof, on I the window, the on the car. handle. Yeah. I spent, I was like sweating cleaning this car out afterwards. I was like, this fucking trip. <laughs> Wearing that oh. mask that was lit up just as I'm clean, as I'm cleaning. So, oh man. I was there for the same experience, obviously. So I think my youngest bought like a, you know, the zombie movie. The zombies. There's one, two, and three on Disney. Oh yeah, not the Vulture zombie. I'm familiar. <laughs> but there's like a makeup zombie themed makeup kit. My kids are super into that, so they got that. And then I think they bought some like horror trading cards or something. Um, but my wife was with us as well, and I told her I was like, "You get one item as well," and she was like, "I don't want anything." <laughs> and I was like, "No, you're getting something." She was like, "I don't want anything." So I bought for her a broom. Well, I bought for her. Uh, it's funny you say that. A Bride of Frankenstein sticker that says "Wifey" underneath it, and I put it on her on her car on her trunk. Oh my god, she had to be pissed. She she came out. She's like, "What the fuck is this?" And it's not like a Klingon. It is a sticker. Oh Jesus! So that's going back when the lease. I was gonna ends. say, yeah. wait till the dealership's like, "All right, we're gonna charge you four hundred for this, sir." Yep. So Wifey got the Wifey sticker, nice. and I actually picked up at that same endeavor. I got the uh mat sitting right over there behind you jamie in the oh, podcast yeah. studio it's the welcome to camp crystal lake floor mat and it's awesome and they had a ton of really great ones they had a yeah they had this sam trick-or-treat one just like the shadow of sam yeah. yeah it looks fucking amazing i think i'm gonna get that one and i have to say typically not that spirit has cheap shit but typically anything worth a shit is more expensive than it should be sometimes <laughs> I mean, uh, when yeah. I felt the quality yeah. of these doormats, I was like, oh God, these are going to be like 45 bucks. And I think they were like 20 or 25, pretty reasonable for uh, spirit standards. I think we both were, we flipped it over and we're looking like, okay, how, uh, holding our breath. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in my mind I was like 49 99 is not something that would surprise mm. me if I saw it on here. Yeah. Also, I'm not going to buy it yeah. if it's that price. Yeah. Yep. So in addition to that, our buddy Chuck over at the Gore Forever Instagram page. Oh, yeah. Uh, Love that page, man. I love that dude. Chuck's awesome. He's got great stuff, and he's just a huge collector. But uh, on occasion, he'll kind of purge some of his collection for stuff he's watched or is ready to part ways with, and he'll sell it uh, for a very reasonable cost. So 
I uh, ended up buying actually the Blu-ray for the film, the Alien film, without warning, which I had not seen before. Oh yeah, that's a good one, dude. I it was so fun. A little bit of a hidden gem, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what what are you wearing over there, man? Oh, so today I have this cavity colored shirt. Uh, what does it say? Live for this. Live for this. The yeah. O is a pumpkin. I'll describe it because I'm looking. Go right ahead. At it. We've got our greens we've got our oranges we've got our purples all the important halloween colors we have a toxic melting pumpkin with a tongue like charizard from pokemon and eyeballs popping out stitches on his face grotesque as hell spider web in the background it's great feels like fall i'll hug you in that shirt right now yeah no, I lo- this is one of my favorite shirts because uh i think the whole point of the shirt is you know, we love Halloween all the time. We live for it. Yep. Uh, and it's not specifically Halloween, right? You have the pumpkin, but I can wear it in July. Yeah. And uh, it still looks totally acceptable and fine. People aren't like, this guy's a pumpkin creep. <laughs> I actually forgot to mention real quick, my birthday was the 26th. We haven't chatted since then. Um, thank you to everybody who gave me a shout out. But also, um, I got a couple things from the wifey. Oh. I got... Uh, I think upon your recommendation, she got me the the Blu-ray of Night School. Oh yeah, dude! Yeah. I've been wanting to watch this. She I asked still me haven't seen it. You know what's funny is when she got it, I was like, "Did John recommend this?" And she was like, "Yeah, he did." And I was like, "I know because he wants it." And yeah. she was like, "That prick." Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how this works, right? Yeah, like for sure. And when Brittany asks you, she won't. But if she were to ask you <laughs> what I wanted, what Blu-ray I wanted. You'd pick something that we would like to watch exactly. together that we hadn't seen. Yep. So yeah. So yeah, it worked out. I can't wait to uh, dig into that. Anything else that they picked up for you? for the Yeah, they got me, you know, a couple of horror tanks. And um, I think one tank in particular with uh, Jason Voorhees on it. And then um, I think I got a Stranger Things t-shirt as well. So. Oh, nice, dude. Very All nice. the shit that I love. Well, I actually have on my Toxic Coffin tie-dye uh, Freddy's Surf Shop t-shirt. Oh, from our buddies. Yeah, our buddies Lance and Steven over at Toxic Coffin. This is a great way to head out of the summer. It's got Freddy's claws on. I don't the think front. anyone sees you doing the uh, Hawaiian surfer. Yeah, the pinky and the thumb right now. I'm just doing it like real hard, <laughs> right? Right at. I don't Jamie. even know if you knew you were doing it. <laughs> I it was subconscious. <laughs> but yes, I'm making that hand signal, and so is Freddy. Hang ten, dude. So is Freddy on the. Uh, yeah, he the, is. The pocket of the front, um, or the the left breast portion, not the pocket. There's no pocket on this, but it's tie dye. It's great to wear in the summertime. All I wear is black. Sometimes I get real hot. All my neighbors wonder why I'm always in all black and just, uh, you know how it goes, but this is a good day to have not black on. Yeah. I love that shirt. Love the design. I love that whole Freddy collection that they did. Yeah. And it came with sweet pink sunglasses that say sleep kills. Our buddy Scott Mitchell. I think we all have those. Scott Mitchell. And I believe Adrian Chilpa, I think, uh, they won some giveaways that we were doing from Toxic Coffin, and I think they each picked up that shirt. Yes, and I know our buddy Travis has those as well. Yeah, and so does Kevin Esposito. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Lance, Stephen, uh, not to take credit for about five sales there, but <laughs> your boys got your back. So uh, I think that's a, it on our catch-up. We just got a couple things to note before we dive in. So uh, firstly, we have two new patrons to welcome. So Justin Jackson and Dirty Gnome Dan. Justin and Dan, thank you both so much for joining. We appreciate your patronage. And already you guys are jumping in, commenting on stuff, enjoying the Discord, voting on polls on Patreon, engaging the content. So thank you both so incredibly much. Hell yeah, guys. We really appreciate it. 
thank you. And uh, if you want to be like uh, these dudes, head on over to uh, our Patreon. Check it out. Yeah, we've got a $5 tier and a $10 tier, so you can jump in at either of those tiers. We do bonus episodes of Never Seen It content. We do a bonus episode every month for our $10 tier. We do a watch-through episode every month where we uh, invite $10 patrons to join us for the actual watch-through, which is super fun. And uh, other great content. I mean, if you're caught up on Horror Dads, you want more, I'm pretty sure there are like 60 episodes of backlog on there right now. So definitely worth yeah. a couple bucks per month. Feel free to check us out on social media, Instagram.com slash Horror Dads, Twitter slash Horror Dads, Facebook slash Horror Dads, uh, though Instagram's our primary channel. And last but not least, please head over to our website if you'd like to suit yourself up in some Horror Dads merch. We've got tank tops, t-shirts, koozies, and... Very, very soon, I actually just yesterday pressed order on this, but we're doing a very limited fall run of three-quarter length baseball tee raglans of our primary initial design, so keep your eyes peeled for those. They're going to sell out really, really fast. We wanted to do a limited kind of little fun run for fall, so keep your eye out. Keep your elbows warm. Oh, I know I said last thing twice, but two more things. Please leave us a review if you're interested uh, in making sure others can help find the show because it does go quite a long way in the algorithm. So we appreciate that. We've got one quick word from a sponsor before we dive into our episode. Orphan First Kill is now in theaters and on digital and on demand. Isabel Furman returns as Esther in this terrifying prequel to the original and shocking horror hit. Also starring Julia Stiles, buy or rent Orphan First Kill and watch it today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. All right, Jamie, let's get laughing, buddy. Yeah, as Will Smith would say, let's get giggly with it. Oh, my God. That was worse than my cantaloupe joke. What the fuck happened? <laughs> you know what's funny is I've been sitting on been this working? for like You've been seven minutes. <laughs> for like seven minutes, right? And like it's one of those where in your head you're like, this could go either way. This is going to drop As soon as it left my lips. <laughs> well, went the oh way I was dreading. God. All right, so we're going to volley back my and way forth. Out. We're going to volley back and forth. I think I'll start this time. But before we do start and start uh, going through our movies, you want to talk a little bit about comedy, like what it means to you? What's funny comedy to you? I don't know. You and I were talking about this before. Um, I realized that comedy doesn't really age that well. I agree with that. I think it's just that as you grow up, jokes get old, right? Uh, Cliches get more cliched. And I don't know. It's funny because like when you think back on some of your favorite movies as a kid, like American Pie, uh, stuff like that, that you loved, that you thought was so yeah. fucking funny. And you're just like, when you see it now, you're like, well, he's fucking an apple pie. That's not really that funny. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I do feel like there are certain classic things, not to bring this to a different season, but like Christmas Vacation, I think is perennially funny, right? Like that movie. There is some timeless shit. Yeah. And that it's timeless, 100%. And I, I feel like some of the older stuff too, you know, like Pink Panther, Three Stooges, stuff like that. I feel like that's kind of timeless. And yeah. I'm going to be interested to see like what my react, I want to watch American Pie in like 10 years and, you know, see what my, my brain thinks of a 35 year old version of that. And if it's funny or not. I, it's funny because I do find shows to be funnier, like shows last the to me. Funny forever. Yeah. Yeah. And even like 
everyone knows my love for Roseanne. I've I've watched that series like four times. Never I been still funny. laugh. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I know, like my wife will watch Friends and just laugh to the same thing all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I have, people still love Seinfeld. I feel like shows just age a little bit better than movies for some reason. I don't maybe because they get cop they you know they get copied. Yeah, and, and not only that, but I think the shows, especially the ones that have long runs, they have the ability to adapt and modify and evolve their humor a little bit. Whereas the movie happened in that time that it happened. It's done. Whereas the freeze frame. Yeah. Yeah. The office had nine years to, to you know, 10 yeah, years yeah. to, to do their thing and get funnier or yeah. evolve, pivot, adapt. modify. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that being said, you want me to jump into my number five? Yeah. Here? You want to start? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My number five, speaking of things that don't age all that well, <laughs> Uh, this was a no-brainer for me to put this one on the list, and I'm really glad I got a chance to rewatch it this weekend because I enjoyed it and I laughed, but I wouldn't say that it necessarily ages well. But we're going to go with Idle Hands from 1999. So I came all the way over here. You said you was holding. I didn't say what I was holding. <laughs> Anton Tobias never had much on his mind. Don't you think you should have, like, a goal? My dream life would be to lie around all day in bed and watch TV while somehow Brad delivers me food. And he always had time on his hands. Four bodies have been discovered, and the killer is still at large. Until one of them <laughs> got a mind of its own. So this film was directed by Rodman Flender, starring Devin Sawa, Jessica Alba, Seth Green, Eldon Henson. And it's really just about the, pl- the plot so- synopsis is quite simple. Nothing complex to this film. It's about a teenage slacker whose right hand becomes possessed with murderous intent. So you've got Devin Sawa, who... Before we even get to Devin Sawa, the opening scene from this film, Jamie, I think you were texting me about it. Best part of the movie. Dude, the first like 10 minutes... That, talk about that's an episode of Roseanne right there, like that, that the way the house looks on the outside, yeah, even inside. Uh, it's just got that like '90s kind of charm to yeah, it. The music going, they got the music going, and the mom and dad lay down. They turn the lights off, and I was laughing. I think I was watching this with my wife, and it was just funny to see like two people go to the bed at the exact same time, kiss each other goodnight, and then like turn away from each other to just go to sleep. Like I don't know if people actually do that in real life. <laughs> I know yeah. that I don't, and you don't. No. But uh, so they're laying there, though, and they look up at the ceiling and they see. All right. See you in the morning. Yeah. And they see. Uh, what does it say? Someone's under your bed or something's under the bed. Yeah. Uh, and it's written on this like in this like neon blue. And there's this whole sequence that happens. And then there's like some blood being thrown, which is like a thing that just happens in this movie. Blood spray everywhere chronically. Yeah. Uh, but the whole intro is it's a lot of fun. So that intro sequence happens. Cut to Devin Sawa, who. I think wears the same outfit the whole movie, <laughs> which takes place I'm over the sure, course yeah. of three days, I think. But uh, he wakes up, doesn't even have pants on. He's got his inhaler around his neck, but his inhaler is really just a pipe for him to be able to smoke weed, which is really kind of a funny, uh, a funny little thing. He's got two burnout buddies and uh, Seth Green and Elton Henson. And, and those two dudes are really the comic relief. Uh, in the movie, they're they're a lot of fun. Their banter is hilarious. Their engagement with Devin Sawa is hilarious. So it's 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 fun. But as I mentioned, it's been a while since I've watched this, and I really think that this movie kind of took like the American Pie crowd you were talking about, Jamie, 
Yeah, yeah. I think it took that crowd and said, okay, American Pie people, it's okay to like horror movies too because the humor was really kind of raunchy and synonymous with that crowd. Um, and you had your your character archetypes. You've got the burnout stoner. You've got the douchey neighbor. Uh, uh, Vivica Fox's character plays like the Loomis. Um, sort yes. of yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. She's so, so funny so in this ridiculous. too. Um, she's and it's it's that like basketball like American Pie kind of like the humor that's just like really literal at times. Like that cantaloupe joke I made. Like that's not something that would be far from reality in this movie, but they would just sexualize it um, in some <laughs> yeah. sort of weird. Uh, debauch, well, weird form of debauchery. I'm sorry, you said this came out what year? 99. Oh yeah, makes yep. perfect sense. But the settings, everything in this man, like that intro, the the school, the dance, uh, the houses being decorated for Halloween, even the, like the set design of like Devin Sawa's house and the way they just keep trashing it. Man, I, it's, it's so suburban middle America. The school is suburban middle America. You've got all that going on. So I thought. I thought that part was cool. And then speaking of 90s, what band is playing, do you know, at the I do. at the dance? The Offspring. The Offspring. And the lead singer from The Offspring gets his scalp ripped off. Yeah, they get him involved. They like typically when they do that in movies, they're just like a backdrop. Like I think Good Charlotte is in uh, not another teen movie or something. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They're not like involved in the movie. This like put uh what's his name? You you know the singer's name from Good Charlotte? No, no, no. Oh, from the Offspring? Yeah. No, I, don't. I can't think of his name. Someone's Mr. like yelling. Offspring. Someone's yelling yeah. right now at the thing. Like you, you douche. Yeah. <laughs> Do your homework. Yeah. But yeah, so nothing about this movie's current. Um, a lot of the humor is pretty insensitive, but I still found it funny being a '90s kid. Uh, even on the rewatch, the the scene, my favorite line probably is when he pulls out the bagel cutter and he's like gonna cut his hand off. Oh yeah, yeah. And his buddy's like, that thing won't even cut my bake. Like, I still, to this day, I say that sentence throughout the day to my wife, and she's always like, that doesn't apply here. And I'm like, I just got to work it in. So I just watched this for the first time this week when you picked it. I was like, I, I know that I had seen parts, um, but I always was kind of turned off by the slapstick nature of that. Yeah. Like, Seth Green with the bonnet. Like, yeah. Once... All right, so the first like ten minutes, incredible. I could have watched, like, if that was just a Halloween movie with some other shit going on and not the over the topness of what it was, uh, I would have definitely loved. But it just got a little too slapstick for me. Like the the dead dudes, his yeah. buddies. Uh, I don't. I still am not sure why the dead were coming back to life. I didn't really get that. There's no. I mean, I don't think that's. I wouldn't look too far into it. That's <laughs> yeah. my answer to that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, dude, it nails all the feels that I like and that I want. Um, and I feel like it's a movie I could watch probably 30 fucking times and not get sick of. Yeah. Uh, but it's my a, it's initial take on the movie was like back in 99 or whenever was just like, oh, this is going to be too over the top for me. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I love the, like, even the music he was listening to in his headphones and oh, shit, dude. like on his disc walking man. around with like the, <laughs> it looks like an inhaler, but it's a little pipe yep. like the yep. necklace. Yeah. I loved everything about it, to be honest. Yeah. Really rewatchable. So idle hands, if you've not checked it out, that now is definitely the time. This is the right season to dip into it. And it's, this is a good ancillary 
doesn't have to be the week of Halloween. So if you're trying to get in the season, this is a good entry. Yeah, and I actually had no idea that it had the Halloween ties that it has. Mm-hmm. Like when I put it on, I was like, how the fuck do I not watch this every I Halloween? This party. Yeah. Jessica Alba, the way she's dancing uh, at the at the dance, like to the offspring. No yeah. one's ever danced the offspring like that. <laughs> that's the last thing I'll say. I don't know. Have you been to Warped Tour? <laughs> All right, man. So that's my number five. Nice. All right, so my first one here is going to be a movie that we've discussed a couple times, but um, if you're going to talk about horror comedy, you would be unbelievably remiss to not talk about what we do in the shadows. It's been like this the whole time, Deacon on dishes and it still hasn't moved in five years. You're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point though. Yeah, you're missing no, I the know. Point. Not a I know. flat meeting about how cool you are. When you get three vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. Viago was an 18th century dandy. A ghost cop. Vladislav is a bit of a pervert. This is my torture. Uh, so this is from 2014, written and directed by uh, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, uh, who are just really fucking funny dudes. Uh, and this is about a secret society of vampires that allow a uh, documentary film crew to come in and sort of interview them, very uh, The Office style. Um, and they this leads up to... Some sort of ball. I can't remember the name of it, but it's some sort of vampiric yeah. ball uh, that they are attending. That I think they attend it every year. And, um, dude, just everything about this movie is incredibly funny. You get to watch vampires um, live out real-life activities, right? Like arguing over... Uh, who's going to do the dishes and who's going to sweep the floors the and chore wheel. Yeah. The chore wheel. And you get to see uh, all this incredibly funny stuff, uh, take place. It's just real life events that these hilarious vampires are taking part in. Um, we have the main g- dudes are Viago, Vladislav, Deacon, and our buddy Peter down Peter. in the uh, basement. Yeah. And then uh, Nick and Stu are the human dudes that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that grace the presence for a while. But there are so many one-liners. And like uh, Taika Waititi's character, Viago in particular, is just like the way he looks at the camera for the interviews and he's smiling. Smiling, yeah. Uh, overly smiling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just stuff like that is so fucking funny. And I know we talked about this uh, when we had our buddy Nathan Basil on. And... Um, Yes, dude, who played Leslie Vernon behind yeah. the mask? Yeah, and he was talking about his love for this movie. And my God, I don't know how you could see this yeah. movie and not laugh out loud every time. The unholy masquerade is the dance. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But I agree, dude. the The quotes, uh, were not uh, swear wolves were werewolves. The, the 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 accents alone do so much. They can say anything, and it's funnier. Yeah, that New Zealand. Yeah. Accent, yeah. It's great. And this is one of those movies, too. Like, I recommended this movie to my dad, who doesn't really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like anyone can watch this movie. But it also has very horrific moments, right? Like, lots of blood and... (laughs) When they're down there sweeping the floor, like... uh, Oh, I think that's a spinal column. Spinal column, yeah. (laughs) Our poor sweet Peter. Um, 
Uh, Peter, I'm going to. How about I bring a broom down and uh, you can just if you get if you feel like it, you can sweep. Dude, in the in the the part as well when the police come. Oh yeah, yeah. And I I think they said something like, "Well, what if they're humans?" And I think Taika Waititi is the one that's like, "Or Christians." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so it's so funny and so witty and smart. There's just so many moments that you can think yeah. of, like when uh, is it like these dishes, these bloody dishes, and they they pan over to the dishes and like they haven't been done for a year. It looks like I you think know? he said it's been three hundred years yeah. or something <laughs> since. Uh, and who who's the like the gruff one? Is that Deacon? Vladislav is the one Vladislav. with the long hair. He's like, yes, but I'm I am yeah. handsome. He's yeah, like, yeah. well, we also want you to be handsome and do the dishes. No, that's <laughs> Deacon because yeah. Deacon's like the cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, that's what he says. He's like, I'm very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One uh, of my favorite lines is when Deacon, in particular, says, uh, "I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool." And Vladislav says, I think of it like this. If you're going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so absurd. Yeah. Oh, who, my who God. That? And Vladislav at one point is sitting there by the computer, and it looks like he hadn't eaten in a while or something. Like, he just looks silver. Like, he's just, like, Very gray pale. and white, yeah. and his hair's white. And they're like, oh, you need to eat, I think. And he's like, let me do my dark bidding. And they're like, oh, what are you bidding? And he says... Bidding on a table. Oh, Jamie, not bad accent there. No, it's, it really is not bad. I'm oh. kind of impressed. I'll just keep going with it. Jamie is notorious for doing horrible accents, which is why uh, later this month, we're going to make him do some accents or, or some impersonations, and we're going to have to guess what they are. So stay tuned for that, because that in itself is going to be comedy. But So yeah. Yeah, dude, great number five. I love this movie eternally. And it, this is, again, endlessly re- rewatchable, I think. I always find it funny. This, yeah. when we talk about movies, like Idle Hands, I don't think is timeless. I feel like this movie's timeless. Yeah, yeah. Um, any movie that gets a long-running series based on it, yeah, you know that it's got some stay power. Do you watch the show? No, I don't. I think we've both seen it, but we don't watch it. I don't even know if I've seen an episode. Oh. Which is funny, I guess weird, because <laughs> of how much I like this movie. I think it's like the new characters and stuff, right? It's yeah. just kind of like hard to get right into. I'm sure if we gave it two or three episodes, we'd be all, all in. in. Yeah. yeah. Buying t-shirts, getting tattoos. Sure. All right. Want me to head to my number Go four? Go for it. All right. My number four is a definitely different kind of humor from these first two, but I thought it would be good to spread the jelly a little bit and not stay in one corner of the world here. So I'm going one year later to 2000 from 99, which was my first pick. So American Psycho from 2000. New card. What do you think? Whoa. Very nice. Patrick, you're so sweet. Jean? Yes, Patrick? Would you like to accompany me to dinner? Sabrina, why don't you dance a little? Christy. Get down on your knees. We're not through yet. That's a wonderful suit. You look so soft. I don't think I can control Ooh. myself. This movie is directed by Mary Heron, starring Christian Bale, Justin Theroux, Josh Lucas, Bill Sage, and man. So, quick synopsis on this film. Uh, It's about a wealthy New York City investment banking exec named Patrick Bateman, who hides his alternate psychopathic ego 
from his coworkers, from his friends, from his family. And this is all happening while he's diving basically deeper into madness and deeper into these violent fantasies that propel him through his day. So this movie definitely can be construed not as a comedy, I think, which is why I think a lot of people hate this film. Uh, So I, the first time I watched it, I kind of was confused. And then the more time I spent with it, I realized it was comedic. And then I actually ended up reading the book uh, that preceded the movie uh, that Brett Easton else wrote, also called American Psycho. And that really kind of helped me understand that this was supposed to be comedic and not and not uh, as serious as people were taking it. Yeah. And your first time through this, you you thought it was a serious movie, right? Hated it. Yeah. I saw it when I was really young, like 19 or something. Um, and just fucking, I was one of those where I felt like I had to take a shower when I was done watching it. You know, I just felt yeah. like dirty. Ugh. Yeah. Hated it. I love it now. I find it to be hilarious. Uh, yep. But my God, did I just, I was just like a young Christian boy. No business watching this. <laughs> or Christians. Uh, but yeah, no, I, oh my God. I just remember just like, my mouth was probably agape the whole time. Like, what the fuck? Yep. Am I watching? What the heck? Yeah. Ho- holy Jesus. Or whatever <laughs> you were saying at that point in your life. It wasn't that. But this, so this movie I think is endlessly quotable. The, the dark humor is, is rampant. There's so much the, the scene where he's, uh, he's, he touches the guy that tries to kiss him and then he's like washing his hands after he tried to, like choke the guy and he's wearing his like leather, his leather gloves in the, in the bathroom and he's trying to wash his hands or his, <laughs> his buddy finds him on the street, like trying to drag a body out into a taxi cab. And he's, he, the body is in a garment bag and the guy's like, where did you get that Perry Ellis garment bag? Um, and th- again, endlessly, endlessly quotable. I have to return some videotapes, uh, the, when he's at the bar and he's like, I'm in murders and executions. And she's like, Oh, mur- murders and acquisitions. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> just so, so much of that, you know, is, is, is funny. The whole, the Dorcia thing, trying to get a reservation at Dorcia. Now you fucking stupid bastard. He keeps, he keeps saying, uh, to, to Alan, um, Paul Allen, as he's hitting him with the ax. Yeah. But I, I, I do think the true gold, you know, Christian Bale kills the execution of this character. Oh my um, God. Yeah. His manic fits are so well acted. Uh, and they're so well offset by like the dark macabre expressions he's able to, to convey as well. But the, in terms of the manic fits when he's doing his diatribes about music, like Huey Lewis in the news, mm-hmm. um, as he's like buttoning up his raincoat, getting ready to, and he's <laughs> putting newspaper all over the, uh, the floor doing that. And it's just like, comedy offset by him being utterly insane by this really grotesque uh moment of of him you know using an axe to hit someone in the head a million times oh my god yeah so listening to huey lewis yeah and so the comedy is real but there are certain moments that are utterly terrifying too like when he drops the chainsaw from the uh this through the stairwell or when he has the um when he's when he gets the nail gun when the secretary is there she goes to like take the spoon from the ice cream and set it on the table. And he's like, put it in the cup. Like that's just really 
it's just a testament to the acting, testament to the writing. So this this movie does have it all, and it's it's a good one. Yeah, you're right. Totally different angle of comedy, but still hilarious in its own own right. Yep. And then I guess the most important thing, just looking through my notes, the business card scene. Just anyone that has worked in corporate America in any capacity, uh, that that scene should resonate for you. Uh, you know, I work in corporate America, and it uh, definitely resonates for me. So good good humor in that. The way he's sweating as they're passing their <laughs> bone white business cards around and whatnot. So good. But yeah, man, that's my number my number four. All right. So my number four is going to be a movie that uh before Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn James Gunn made this gem. Jane Gunn. Jane <laughs> Jane has got a gun. <laughs> James uh, Gunn. This is from two thousand and six. This is Slither. Throughout the years, these classic horror films had one thing in common. From Universal Pictures comes a film so shocking. Uh, we've got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let me in your mouth! It will change the face. They're doing things to people, turning them into some kind of monsters. How's everybody's evening? Good. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you picked this. I yeah, can't to hear you talk about it. So Go this ahead. is a goddamn modern classic. Uh, Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Rooker. Elizabeth Banks is so goddamn good in this too. Uh, and Michael Rooker so is, Michael is just—he's oh, yeah. always amazing. Yeah, just dude. always. Uh, whether he's racing a car with Tom Cruise or having little fucking slugs crawl out of him, whatever he's doing, he's doing it well. This was, uh, this was a surprise, right? For in 06, like for this to come out, uh, cause it's really fucking funny, but also like really just gross, like body horror, very Cronenberg ish, yeah. uh, with the body horror. There's like, if you like drippy bloated just oh my god Plus, yeah, I uh, guess yeah. so the, a small town is taken over by an alien plague turning residents into zombies and all forms of mutant monsters uh so michael rooker uh his wife elizabeth banks who clearly married him for money uh she's unhappy you can tell in one night he's trying to it's a very awkward scene where he's trying to get her to uh be passionate yeah yeah and she's not interested i think like most nights so he's like (laughs) he runs off to the karaoke bar uh tries to shack up with a girl he kind of gets second thoughts when they're out in the woods trying to make out and kind of uh changes his mind and they come across this like sack i don't know like a pulsating like fucking disgusting she's like sack she like of something grows, right like exponentially quick well not hurt not at this point this is just when he encounters the thing that shoots out of the little sack and like jumps into his chest and this kind of sets the uh the whole thing on you know the whole thing in motion uh he ground zero for the infestation yes yeah. and so from there it just becomes this like he's infecting other people and he's trying to uh he sets up this nasty fucking like uh, saran wrap, like in the base, almost like a kill room with <sighs> yeah, like plastic dude. in the basement with like dead fucking coyotes and shit that he's, I guess he's eating the meat. 
or something, and he like goes to the store and buys like seventy ribeyes. Dude, that whole, like, that sequence, that whole thing really reminds me of in the episode of X Files Tombs. Oh when yeah, he's like yeah. Making his paper mache like nest. Mm. That's like exactly. He's like yeah. making a nest. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. Um, yeah, so we talked about the disgustingness, but also just this movie's really funny. Uh, the characters are so good. Um, what's the one guy he says? Uh, they're looking at, I think they're, when they're looking at Michael Rooker, just like with shit growing out of his head and stuff. And uh, the one guy in the police force who's like an older guy, he says, uh, he looks like something fell off my dick during the war. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and just lines like that are so fucking funny. Uh, but also this movie is just like, you can tell... So James Gunn was involved with trauma for a little while, and you can just tell that this movie was made by a horror fan for horror fans, which we always love, and the horror community always appreciates. Yeah. Uh, like the mayor, who's also fucking hilarious. Like the movie opens up uh, kind of showing you this small town with this cool song playing. Yes. And then you zoom into the mayor stuck in traffic or something, and he's like, hurry the fuck up! And then he looks over, and there's like a wife or a this mother with her, her kid. Uh, yeah, right. And he's like, she's like, hi, mayor. <laughs> He's like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but his name is, do you know what his name was? No. It was Jack McCready. The character name? Yes. Mayor McCready. His last name is Mayor McCready. And like when you're going through the town, they show a, uh, I think it's a, I don't know if it was a, uh, like a, what am I looking for? Funeral home. And it says like uh, RJ McCready's funeral home or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. I so never noticed that. A lot of uh, fun little Easter eggs in there for horror fans. But yeah, man, this is a good one. You like this too, yeah? Oh, dude, I love the town. Uh, yeah, the, the real redneckian. Yeah, the the setting is a lot for me in this, and I love particularly like the body horror infestation film kind of thing. Oh, I love yeah. when that happens in remote sort of uh, off the beaten path towns. So the the scenery and the storyline really, I think, are compatible uh, in this film, which I enjoy a ton. Uh, but this is the kind of town you want to like if you're going fishing for the weekend you want to like stop and stock up on beer here and talk to the locals for a minute until someone says something stupid and racist and you get mad and leave so that's like that's what this town is to me you know yeah <laughs> definitely but yeah dude I, lo- I, I love this movie I, it was probably 2006 when i saw it and i remember it coming out and being eli's eli roth's name was attached to it um i think for production purposes sure and this was post cabin fever so I was all in on it because I liked Cabin Fever so much. And then I ended up just being so utterly and pleasantly surprised by this my first year of college. I just remember loving it so much. Yeah, definitely. Um, another one of my favorite scenes is when the uh, mayor and the sheriff are chatting about what this could be, like what's going on. And uh, the, the mayor says, it's obvious the bastard's got Lyme disease. <laughs> The yeah. sheriff's like, what? He's like, Lyme disease. You touch some deer feces and then you, you eat a sandwich without washing your hands. You got, you got Lyme disease. And he's like, and that makes you look like a squid? Just those yeah. sort of conversations I just fucking love. You know those are happening right now, too, yeah. somewhere. In this town, like you said, to your point, um, yeah. very like deer hunter-ish. Like they have their like annual like ball the, is called the deer cheer. The deer cheer. Yeah, yeah. yeah the deer cheer. I think it probably kicks off hunting season or Both some of shit. Both like movies that. are centered around uh, the dark masquerade and the deer deer cheer. Mm, yeah, I there's always like a yearly next. ball. Yeah. Well, wait, my first had one a had a ball. Yeah. What about American Psycho's not having any balls? Uh, maybe a club scene. That's probably all you get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, 
great great pick though i'm glad this was on your list because it probably would have been on mine if it weren't yeah when you think of horror comedy i I feel like this is a movie that comes to a lot of people's minds right away good pick dude let's slither on to the next pick john all right i'm gonna slither to the year 2017 we're gonna go we're gonna fast forward 11 years so my number three pick is a fun one it's called happy death day directed by christopher landon Ooh, yeah Oh, hey, you're up. Am I in a dorm room? Yeah. I folded your pants for you. Great. Dude, did you get that or what? Stop global warming? You sneaky little biatch. Maybe you should switch to water next time. Super helpful. Don't be late to the party tonight. Okay, bye. Bye. Tree, happy birthday. So Christopher Landon directed this actor, Michael Landon's son. Many of you may know him from Little Little House House on the Prairie. Prairie. Yep. Uh, Michael Landon had great hair. His son. There's nothing funny about that goddamn show. I'll tell you that. No. Also, he had great goddamn hair. Dude, amazing hair. RJ McCready uh, level hair. But this movie's starring Jessica Roth, Israel Broussard, Ruby Modine. This movie is a feel-good, great, fun time. I was totally off, like knocked off my shoes on this one because I didn't expect it to be fun. Uh, I feel like it had some hefty marketing behind it, but I checked the budget was only four point eight million for the whole film. Yeah, um, per IMDb, which I feel like is not that much. This this movie no. plays a lot larger than that, in my opinion. Uh, but the premise of this is basically Groundhog Day, uh, but it's about a college student who has to relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop. And that loop will only end once she discovers the identity of her killer. Uh, so it's Groundhog Day. Each day we follow the storyline behind our main character, Tree. She wakes up after um, what was probably not a one-night stand, but she slept somewhere that was not her place with a guy. She wakes up, is super nasty to this kid named Carter every single morning, even though Carter is very sweet and kind and affectionate and treats him like shit and each day goes throughout her day and is killed over and over again until she realizes she's got to confront some inner demons throughout the process of identifying who the killer is. So it's a whodunit. It's a coming of age tale. There's story arcs for all the main characters. Uh, Jessica Roth does such a great job in this movie. Um, you know, playing the sorority type, uh, the sorority type girl in college. And she's, you know, nasty as hell in the beginning. And she's very hateable. And they're, I think they're trying to make a list of <laughs> the potential su- suspects are that one are dead. And it's like 40 feet long. So it's like, okay, well, we're not going to be able to find out who, who that might be. Um, but uh, the love interest, the character arcs, as I mentioned, the, the collegiate dynamics, I think are a lot of fun here too. And also, speaking of setting from the last film, the setting here is great, man. It oh, was, man, yeah. When you talk about college campus films, we should do a, a, an episode on, on horror campuses because this one would certainly be on there. Um, it was filmed, I think, in New Orleans. Yeah, at Loyola University in New Orleans. Uh, but the nods, uh, the nostalgia, the the They Live poster that's behind her every morning she wakes up that's on the wall is awesome to see each time she wakes up. And it is just great to see like what 
her character arc looks like after being such a nasty asshole and growing into, you know, a loving, compassionate sort of character and, and a love interest. The mask is cool. The So good. There's a double switch at the end, yeah. too. You think you got it figured out uh, with her, and then you don't, and then you do. Uh, the sorority lifestyle is great. I know we were talking about movies like Van Wilder and, and Old School and whatnot, so there are definitely remnants of why those kinds of movies are funny. Uh, so this is it's enjoyable for that reason. Uh, but yeah, and even some of the kills are funny. Um, that douchey, <laughs> douchey guy named Nick that takes her up to his room. He's got the pleasure palace and it's like the music is so fucking loud and they're the strobe lights. He has a disco ball that descends from the ceiling and she's like talking on her phone with his her back to him. But it's so loud. The baby mask killer comes out and is killing that Nick guy and she doesn't even notice that it's happening. Uh so it's just it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I like you was kind of turned off by the premise at first. Like, oh, all right, Groundhog Day. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no man, it's really smart, really well done. And uh, I was actually considering putting Freaky on my list. So Christopher Landon uh, doing big things. Oh yeah, Christopher Landon directed Freaky as well. Yeah, with Vince Vaughn. Yeah, which can, is another reimagining, right? Because that's like basically it is Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday, yeah. Yeah, the the old uh, body switch, which has just been done to death. I think Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman did one. Did they really? The change or something? Maybe it wasn't Ryan Reynolds, but Jason Bateman was in there with somebody. Uh, so I yeah, there's been one. just so many of those. But yeah, I I give Happy Death Day two thumbs up. I, I just same. You feel yeah. really good during this movie. Uh, the second one's really good too. Yeah, this, it's definitely more spatial and very. It's a different movie, which is good. It's good that they were able to pull off something so different. Yeah, I think someone was doing some <laughs> yeah psychedelics or something on that the, one. Uh, the filming of that, but yeah. <laughs> Well, it's also a very good one. So. It's easy to get lost in that one. Like, what now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that? Uh, hmm? Yeah. So that is I'm go my back to, uh, the first one. number three. So on to your number yeah, three. Buddy. Good. All right. So uh, my number three will be a little movie called Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, geez. Whoa, Jesus. Did you see the way those guys looked at us? Who wants to go skinny dipping? No. We got your friend. They captured Allison. Tucker and tail. Uh, so this one is uh, about a couple affable hillbillies, Tucker and Dale, uh, that are on vacation at their dilapidated mountain cabin that they just purchased uh, when they were mistaken for murderers by a group of preppy college students. It's a vacation home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so Tucker and Dale are on their way. Uh, they stop at this gas station and pick up some very murderous sounding supplies like rope and saws and uh, yeah. nails and uh, the uh, the preppy college students uh recognize them as just like these murderous hillbillies they're immediately like scared yeah uh turns out chad the leader of these uh these kids had some sort of backstory with a couple murderous rednecks who happened to own the cabin that tucker and dale just purchased um which we kind of get the backstory along the way in the movie uh but 
Tucker and Dale come out of the store. Tucker, uh, who is played by Alan Tudyk, uh, tells Dale to go and talk to uh, the girl that he finds attractive, uh, the very cute girl. And so he goes over and he's like, just, you know, just laugh and uh, be funny or whatever. So he smile and laugh. So he goes over and he's holding like a scythe. Yeah. Dude, like a, he, like he looks like the Grim the Reaper. The Grim Reaper yeah. scythe. And he's yeah. just smiling and like laughing. <laughs> uh, there's, can't be too much creepier than that. So that kind of sets the stage for just the most ridiculous hijinks. And uh, that store, though, sorry, before we leave that. Yeah, scene, no, I love that store. When they're in there and it's like the pickled eyeballs or like pickled pig's feet in that huge jar. Yeah. And they like move the jar and, and uh, I, I don't know if it's Tucker or Dale uh, that's standing there behind. <laughs> behind the behind the jar but that's just like speaking of cabin fever that's like the, the corner store in cabin Fever. it is absolutely they, that yeah. store yeah and we always talk about how much we love those stores and movies yeah. like this yeah yeah dude the store in fucking uh the prowler for example right. yeah, 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 yeah get me in there even the 2009 uh friday the 13th remake i love that little store yeah i mean it's just like those are road trip stores but yeah the whole scene in there not paying for that dude <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so sorry, keep going. Uh so yeah, Tyler Labine, who plays Dale, who is just like the sweetheart of a man. Uh th- that's the one thing about this movie is it's incredibly funny, but it also has a lot of heart. Like Tyler Labine kills it in that character. You care so much. Yeah, like you really a, do. Same thing with with uh uh Happy Death Day. Like you just there's emotional investment in the characters. For sure. Yeah. It's not just surface level humor, you know, Uh, there's more to it. So they get up there to their cabin. Uh, These kids are staying nearby and they cross paths and all these just ridiculous things happen where it makes it look like Tucker and Dale are killing them. Yeah. (laughs) College cats. Uh, It always, it seems like they're murdering their friends, picking them off one by one. In reality, just these really unfortunate accidents are happening. Uh, It's just, you know, it's satire, but there's just a lot of uh, coincidences happening that make it look like they're killers. Uh, So the comedy of errors for sure. Yeah. So the kids decide at one point, the girl uh, hits her head, falls in the water. Tucker and Dale save her, bring her back to their cabin. The kids, of course, think they kidnapped her and are going to kill her. So they kind of make their way to the cabin, decide they're going to like just fucking swarm them. Uh, and then Tucker and Dale are convinced that they're committing suicide because every time they kind of like one kid jumps into the wood chipper, another kid impales himself <laughs> in the fucking uh, hole that they're digging. So it's just one thing after another, but they're all so funny and so fucking clever. Uh, every kill is so well designed and so well thought out. And I just fucking love it. And you can't help but laugh every time. Yeah. And I, I love the like Lord of the flies dynamic to where Chad comes in as this shit. Like everyone went, anyone who, is our age, you know, I'm 35, Jamie's 42. Anyone in our age range here went to school with a Chad. <laughs> you no know doubt. a Chad. But him coming in as a Chad and then and then devolving into this like <laughs> uh born from the woods warrior who has one mission and it's to home make weapons and go kill yeah. all hillbillies like his descent into madness is so absurd. Uh but that the scene I love so much is once uh, Dale, you know, they save the girl who falls and hits her head. They bring her in and then Dale comes in with breakfast in the morning and she starts screaming and he's like, what would you, you don't like, you don't like pancakes. I can make something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to your point, dude, just Dale and his character, Tyler Bean's just so sweet in this movie. And he's just uh, such a caring character. And 
uh, yeah, you do, you do. You care about the characters. You care about his uh, romantic relationship. Uh, you love the friendship that Tucker and Dale have together because really, um, you know, their friendship is is everything. And it's what's pure in this movie. Uh, there's so much like bias and false hatred and uh, wrongdoings that are happening throughout the film. But like the the continual bright light, the bright spot is Tucker and Dale's friendship, which is, uh, you know, a friendship to be envied for for anybody so yeah i i love this movie it's so funny and it's very heartwarming all right man okay so on to my number two nice my number two ready or not from 2019 Ooh, we're gonna start the count good luck believe that in half an hour I will be a part of the Ladomus gaming dynasty empire uh, dominion we prefer dominion I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family there's just one more thing and then you are officially part of the family so this is directed by Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillette so this is the group that brought us Scream 5 soon to be Scream 6 and this was, I guess, the, the film, at least for us, that put them kind of on the map. And it probably wasn't until I found out they were going to be directing Scream 5 that I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back and give that movie a chance. Yeah. Was that yeah. your experience? Uh, no, I had seen it before that. Uh, yeah. Just kind of, I think as soon as it hit streaming, because it's one I had been really wanting to see based on reviews and uh, word of mouth from people that I trust. Yeah. And uh, just, again, we've... We talk about this all the time, but I just don't make it to the theater that much with the kids yeah. uh, and a wife who, when we do get to the theater, doesn't really want to see what I want to see. Yeah. So um, as soon as this hit streaming, I, I couldn't wait to jump on it. Yeah. So I I was late a little bit to the party on this, uh, but Samara Weaving, Adam Brody are in this and they kill it. Uh, the acting and writing is fantastic in this movie. Samara Weaving is so good. She was also in The Babysitter, which is another hilarious fucking horror comedy. Dude, so good. Yeah. That could have easily been on this list. But the quick synopsis here is this is about a bride's uh, wedding night that takes kind of a sinister turn after her new in-laws, eccentric new board game rich family, uh, force her into taking part in a terrifying game. So she marries into this very wealthy fa- family. They, they kind of established this dichotomy where uh, she grew up in a foster home, right? And uh, she smokes and she's this n- not ideal picture of wealth and a uh, person of, you know, of, of, high, of high poise, right? So they set her up as kind of being a little bit of an outcast. She marries into this super wealthy family. Um, she's displaying concerns at the onset that the family isn't going to like her. Uh, Her shitty soon-to-be husband is trying to keep her mind at ease. They go through this amazing uh, wedding, beautiful, super wealthy, and then they go into their room, uh, I guess, to consummate their marriage. And Aunt, I think it's Aunt Helene, (laughs) who's the most, like, severe-looking human being alive, is standing in the corner, of their bedroom and she's like downstairs we have to play the game so the game then is found to be basically you pull a deck out of a card deck and the card displays the name of a game and whatever that game is you have to play it as a new inductee to the family 
So Samara Weaving pulls the card. It could be Checkers. It could be Clue. It could be Parcheesi. But it ends up being Hide and Seek, which is the one card you don't want to pick. So basically, the whole family has to seek you as you, the new inductee of the family, hide. And they're going to try and kill you uh, because they have to pay uh, their debt, essentially, to this demon who pretty much made them wealthy. So that's kind of the, the concept. Um, so the, the, as I mentioned, the writing, the editing, the production, the music, uh, the casting, the costumes, like this movie fucking roars out of the gate on all cylinders. It's really, really funny. Uh, the relationships between the family members and how comedic it is that like, they're all so, they're all so uniformly comfortable with committing to saying like, okay, this is what has to be done. And it's also funny how ununiformly awkward and uncomfortable they are with like having to do the task. Like no one knows how to use a weapon. <laughs> um, they're all fighting like people that aren't supposed to die are getting shot because uh, some of the family members are like doing lines of coke and getting over anxious. Yeah, they were very unprepared for that card <laughs> to be pulled. Yeah, you can tell. Yes. And uh, it's just it's a lot of fun the way that it's written and the way that it kind of uh, unfolds. Uh, but the, the character traits are pretty nuanced and specific, which makes it enjoyable. So it is kind of like you're watching. Uh, a, it's almost like you're watching a v- movie version of the game clue kind of, because it takes place in this old manor. Yeah. This, this huge sprawling setting. Beautiful and, house. Yeah. It's beautiful. You've got the, the Butler, uh, who's involved? You've got the rich dad. You've got the drunk brother. You've got the coked up sister. You've got the pallid, uh, useless brother-in-law. You've got the severe Aunt Helene. So you have all these different characters that represent different um, kind of emotive actions, uh, which is which is fun and which is why I think the casting was so um, so well done. But Samara's king in this movie, man. She she just kills it. Um, I know I mentioned Lord of the Flies with the last movie, but her kind of descent into like primal rage and survival mode is really palpable and exciting and fun to see uh, how she's like, I'm just going to roll up my sleeves and get shit done. She's wearing her Chuck Taylor, you know, Converse all stars, which is cool. And she doesn't, I know she's so cool. Honestly, she is so cool. This movie gives me very much uh, your next vibes. So your next and cabin in the woods. Yeah. I think both those movies could have been on this list. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, man, that's, that's my, my number two. I got to go with ready or not. I really enjoy this movie. If you've not seen it and you wrote it off, like I did, I didn't think it was going to be quite horror enough. And I thought it was going to be too serious, quite honestly. And, uh, I was wrong on both accounts. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love horror comedy, when I know a movie's coming out that's advertised as horror comedy, I always get kind of like, I don't want to say sketched out, but a little bit nervous because you just don't know if the tone's going to be right for you, you know? Yeah. All right, so I'm going into my last two, and this is where we're really going to hit the nostalgia bone. Uh, these are movies that I grew up with, uh, and that this one is... Uh, I don't love it as much now as I did as a kid, but I was 15 when this came out. Um, I still find it funny. Uh, I guess maybe I've just seen it too many times, but this is The Frighteners. There has been a destructive force unleashed on this town such as I have 
never see. Oh my god, I don't believe this is not happening! We have got a poltergeist! Okay, well, folks, I can do a clearance, but uh, it's not gonna be cheap. Although I do offer a six-month guarantee. That fellow takes us totally for granted. Hey, Stuart, in or out, huh? Frank Bannister had a remarkable ability. Psychic investigator? To communicate with the dead. From 1996. Uh, directed by Peter Jackson. I had no idea he God made this damn. movie. God damn, yeah. Michael J. Fox, Trini Alvarado, um, Jeffrey Combs, D. Wallace, Jake Busey, my buddy uh, R. Lee Ermey. Oh, from... Uh... Full Metal Jacket? Yes, yeah. and his character in this is just that guy. I think I don't know if he's ever played another character. Yeah. <laughs> that just might be how he was in life. Uh, this movie is... So, uh, here, let me read the, uh, the rundown. So, after a tragic car accident that kills his wife, a man discovers he, communicate, he can communicate with uh, the dead, and he uses that to con people. However, when a demonic uh, spirit appears, he may be the only one who can stop it from killing the living and the dead. So, yeah, he can communicate to dead, with dead people... And he can see, so this Grim Reaper, that they, I think they call him, that's what he looks like. He uh, is just this spirit that is Jake Busey, um, as a human, was this serial killer that was uh, just determined to have the highest kill count of any serial killer. So as he kills people from the grave, uh, he carves a number in their head. So it's just the 13th per- person he killed, he'll carve that into their head. And the only person that can see this is Michael J. Fox, and it's they're dying in mysterious circumstances. Their hearts, the Grim Reaper's just kind of reaching in and grabbing their heart and stopping it. Uh, Michael J. Fox always happens to be around when this happens. Jeffrey Combs is a detective is convinced it's Michael J. Fox doing the killing and uh, is just ridiculous in his role, uh, which he just is ridiculous. And yeah. he's so good. Yeah. He's always so good. Uh, but this is more of the, I still know what you did last summer, Jeffrey Combs, like the, the dickhead, you know, uh, stubborn man. Yep. But there's a lot of funny stuff in this one. Uh, the dead, he, Michael J. Fox has like three dead buddies that he uses to help con people. And, uh, one of them is an old man who's just fucking ancient. I think he was a cowboy or something. And, uh, he always has a gun. He's always like shooting, rooting, tooting. And at one point he's like having sex with a mummy in a sarcophagus in the museum. And, uh, he comes out of the, like you see his ghostly body come out of the sarcophagus and he says, I just love when they lie still like that. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, it's just so like disgusting, but also so funny. And uh, just all the characters in this man, like I said, Arlie Ermey in the cemetery, like yelling at all the uh, spirits to get back in their coffins and stuff. It's just so good. Yeah, man. I, I had not seen this movie until we were roommates in Chicago. Yeah. You introduced me to this film. And, you know, I'm not sure I would have watched this. I, I remember the the cover art very distinctly. Sure. Kind of like it's like a face coming through a sheet almost. Um, but again, yeah, I thought I, I, I just missed this one as a kid. And then I got kind of started to get too late in life. And I was like, ah, I missed it. I'm not going to check it out. I, I have no idea why I held that position. But I, I definitely really dig this movie. It's a lot of fun. It's got it's not like Teen Wolf necessarily i think teen wolf definitely could be on this list yeah um but you know you've got michael j fox from that era and you know he was you know king in the hill at that point in life and uh 
just being, you know, being the Michael J. Fox that he is. And he does a great job in this movie, man. Yeah. And it's like you said, you just forget that Peter Jackson did this, which is, which is incredible. Insane. Like yeah. he's Academy Award winning actor. He did movies like dead alive and, uh, director. Like I said, I guess Academy he's an actor Award winning well actor. Yeah. Yeah. But he, what was the other one? Bad company or whatever. Oh, bad taste. Bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our buddy Chris Garofalo had us do that one. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, this is one of those movies that just like growing up, I remember I just always watched. And um, I just remember that first time watching it. You know, when you watch a movie for the first time as a kid and it just resonates with you so heavy and that the way that you felt while watching that sticks with you your whole life. And that's kind of how this movie is for me. All right. You want me to head to my last one? Yeah, man. All right, so speaking of nostalgia and where the rubber meets the road, I had to, I had, I just had to pick this one, uh, given the prompt, because this film can be classified as comedy, mystery, thriller, uh, horror, um, religious experience for me, at least. But this is 1989's The Burbs. All Tom Hanks wanted was a quiet vacation at home. This is what I need, Carol. I, I need this. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the Burbs. Morning, Walter! Where nothing much ever happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Until the Klopex moved in. Klopex? Klopex. Klopex. No one goes in, no one comes out. Neighbors from hell. It was a nice place to live. He said he thinks the Klopex are evil incarnate. Well, you're much too smart to fall for that, aren't you, honey? But now had to go there, didn't you? I had to. Yeah, had to, had to. So this film, obviously directed by Joe Dante, starring more than one Academy Award-winning actor, uh, Tom Hanks, as well as Bruce Dern. Carrie Fisher's in this too. Corey Feldman's in this too. Corey Danziger is in this. Uh, million, million different great people are in this movie. And this movie to me, you know, was everything kind of growing up. So quick synopsis on this film is it's about an overstressed suburbanite dad and his neighbors who are convinced that the new family in town is part of a murderous satanic cult. So for those of you that live in the suburbs, raise your hand, put it up in your car or uh, in your garage or in your kitchen or on your lawnmower, wherever you are right now. Yeah. So who hasn't had the experience of thinking that your neighbors are, you know, part of a murderous satanic cult, right? I have at least three. I'm convinced. (laughs) Uh, That one woman down the street from you guys, definitely. Certainly. (laughs) Bodies in the basement. She yells when you drive, when you use the sidewalk in front of her house. But uh, yeah, this, this movie, honestly, as a kid was my gateway into horror. So this was, uh, again, the, the film that was able to kind of successfully merge genres for me. And allow me to understand that um, you can experience and enjoy things um, that might not be one singular soul kind of emotion, right? So being able to laugh, being able to be scared, being able to um, feel stress, being able to be inquisitive. Like this movie really allowed a young, very, very young version of me to do kind of all of those things. And it did so by putting it in a suburban environment very similar to the one that I grew up in in middle in what was supposed to be middle America and just having very relatable characters um 
the Corey Feldman character uh, who is sitting across the street trying to party with his friends the whole time. You have, you know, Bruce Dern's character who is, uh, you know, Mr. Rumsfeld and Mr. Rumsfeld's piss that art down the streets dog keeps, you know, shitting in his yard. He steps in it. Um, he's a war veteran who's got all the army fatigues and weapons and all of what, what you need to do stakeouts and run reconnaissance. And then you have, um, you have art, uh, who's, who's right next door and is the absolute best comic relief you can ask for. You know, he's the, he's the sidekick to, to Tom Hanks's character in this movie. And he's, he's just so absolutely funny. He comes in hot shooting at the birds and, um, eating all the food. He eats the dog food. It's like a little hidden scene that you don't even uh, recognize is happening in that, in that, that beginning portion there. Uh, the Clopex are so, so fucking good next door when they're in the house. Cause they're so serious in this movie. That's so funny. And then you even have like appearances from, you know, like Dick Miller, um, which is, which is also amazing. Uh, and you've got Walter, I think I said Art was the one who had the dog, but it's it's Walter whose dog Queenie's coming and shit yeah. in the yard. Um, so it's just all, all these characters. It's like you're watching a play almost because you've got these over the top characters that represent really specific functions throughout the story, and they're all just so enjoyable. and And I love this movie so much. Yeah, it all takes place in just one one little section of yeah. America. So good, man. Yeah, the genres on IMDb are classified as comedy, mystery, and thriller. Horror is not even one of them. So That's all right. We'll give you a pass. But you know what's funny? Uh, so, speaking of Queenie, the dog. Yeah. Do you know what other horror movie Queenie was in? I do. What movie is that, Jamie? Tell the, tell the good people. Hello, Clarice. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So, Queenie was uh, in two horror films, which is more than some people ever were in their life. Yeah. But other, another cool thing I thought when I was doing some research on this is the house um, that uh, Corey Feldman lives in is the same as uh, where the Munsters was filmed. Same Whoa. House. Yeah. And the Tom. Yeah, never the knew that. Tom Hanks, Carrie Fisher house is the one from Leave it to Beaver. And I think that was later Damn. used for Desperate Housewives or something. So it was like a huge set. Obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm assuming yeah. this was like on a back lot. Yep. Cool. But yeah, I, I have nothing but just big, open, warm heart for this film. And I love it so dearly. And to uh, the point I made about pretty much all these movies is it's just endlessly rewatchable. You can watch it just a hundred yeah. times and never get sick of it. Yeah, it's a good one. Endlessly rewatchable. All right, so my number one is going to be just another, just this one really tickles my nostalgia bone. Saw this when I was probably 10 or 11 years old from 1991. This is the classic Nothing But Trouble. Oh, my God. Give me the keys, Mike. Chevy Chase. Hey, you just passed the Garden State Parkway South. Don't worry, I'll get you there. Demi Moore. Oh, no, cop. Driver, step outside the car, please. John Candy. Read him. Yeah, that's nice, thanks. The lower back, please. I got an itch right up in there. It's good, thank you. Not today, sir. This may be 
Valkenvania, but it is still America. And wouldn't mind, would you just write a ticket here or we could settle it some other way, perhaps? That's not the way things work around here. What is this place? Revolving District Court for the Village and Shire of Valkenvania is now in order. Uh, so I cannot t- explain to you uh, the divide that there is with this movie. I feel like uh, there's people who saw it when they were younger and love it and because of it. that. Uh, or there's people who are just missed it and tried to see it now and they will just probably never like it. Um, so if you're in that camp, go check it out. Uh, but yeah, no dude, this movie for me, uh, it's one of those movies where like everything that was happening on the screen, I just was so like intrigued by and creeped out by and scared by and grossed out by, um, it is, endlessly funny to me because I know he's a fucking dick, but Chevy Chase is just so fucking funny. Uh, this movie it was written and directed by Dan Aykroyd and his brother, Peter Aykroyd. Uh, it is starring Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd as two characters, John Candy as two characters, Demi Moore, <laughs> uh, Valerie Bromfield, and just endless amounts of hilarious characters. We even get a cameo from, uh, Daniel Baldwin, we get Tupac, and we oh, get... Oh, and Tupac's in a Yankees jersey. Humpty Hump. Yeah. He is in a <laughs> Yankees jersey. Uh, so the premise of this movie is a businessman and his friends are captured by a sadistic judge and his equally odd family in a bizarre mansion in the backwoods. Uh, so they are speeding or something. I don't fucking know. Uh, they get pulled over by John Candy, who takes them back to the courthouse which is just this creepy mansion the judge is dan Aykroyd, who's supposed to be like 106 years old or something he looks fucking hideous he's so unpleasant like to the look crypt at. keeper but like just oh my god if the crypt keeper and brundlefly yeah had a child <laughs> it would be dan Aykroyd. and there are so many like every scene is just so good in this movie the set pieces are uh very macabre and like dark and backwoodsy and like rednecky but also just like scary and just oh my god yeah there's a scene where uh the judge and his cronies which include john candy and uh john candy's sister in the movie who is john candy just dressed up in drag i guess jane candy (laughs) uh who they're trying to marry off to chevy chase to keep him alive don't don't get this mistaken this movie is very funny but also very horrific because the judge just pretty much kills anyone who gets brought into this place um which you kind of learn later that they have this junkyard out back where they just kind of uh feed these fucking people to they have like a, a roller coaster that ends with like your jaw your bones being smashed smashed up they have these two mutant babies one is played by Dan Aykroyd <laughs> and just wearing like diapers the whole movie oh god uh but everything about this movie just drips like nostalgia to me. Uh, oh, it takes place. So the movie uh, or the uh, place where they live, Valkenvania, I think it's called, is based on a place in PA uh, called Centralia, PA, which Silent Hill, I think, was also based on. I um, think that's not near Philly, if it's, I'm not It's pretty close to us. It's like a few hour drive. Oh, well, I'll we'll ask um, uh, Chris Ober. Yeah. Yeah. But there was like Chris Garofalo as well. Yeah. Um, but there was like a, Chris I think it was a big mining town and then the mines caught on fire underneath and then the town, which was built above, just kind of started collapsing. Um, very much Silent Hillish. So roads went out and shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's another scene. Uh, so the scene I was alluding to is the judge has them all sit down for dinner and uh, he's serving hot dogs 
And at one point, Chevy Chase is like watching the judge eat, and he looks over, and his his nose is now just a penis. And just the the facial expression <laughs> that Chevy Chase makes is so fucking funny. He doesn't need to say anything. Uh, that guy's facial expressions are just killer. Uh, so, dude, just the characters and the setting, everything about this movie to me is still so good. Uh, I can understand why people think it's just ridiculous. I know Roger e- Roger Ebert in particular said this was uh, one of the worst movies he had ever seen. He named it one of the worst movies of 1991. But he also named Don't Tell Mom, A Babysitter's Dead, one of the worst movies of 1991. So I just really? wholeheartedly disagree, Rog. Um, I'm pretty sure he shit on the thing, too. I'm sure he did. But let me read this quote. So I actually watched the clip where he says this because uh, I had to see it in person. So Roger Ebert, speaking of this movie... This is an actual quote. He said, truly and horrendously awful. One of the most cheerless and unpleasant times I've ever had at the movies. And that's saying a lot because I've been to a lot of movies. Jesus. Yeah. And he told the story about how these kids in the back of the theater were being really loud. And it was really just like him towards the front and these kids in the back. And he said they were being like incredibly loud. And he turned around and he was like, just keep being loud. Be as loud as you want uh, to drown drown out this fucking movie. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man, to me, this movie is just endlessly funny. There's that scene with, uh, digital underground is the name of the band that Tupac was in. Oh yeah. Humpty yeah, yeah. hump. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? The dude with like, it yep. looks like he had a wooden nose. Dude. I, I know. I have the scene in my head on where I think it's four yeah. of them, right? They're all four together. And, and that's they, where Tupac's in the, yes, Yankee, they get pulled over for speeding. Uh, the judge brings them in. They say that they're musicians. He's like, well, if you're good, maybe I'll let you live. They bring in their instruments. They kill it. He loves it so much that he busts out his bold pipe organ, starts playing along at one point. It's like, you can't not laugh. Um, and the song that they're playing there is just so good. Like, all around the world, same song. Yeah. So good, you dude. You could tell a good bit of this was probably improv, too, because... Yeah, the Saturday Night Live, like, yeah, cast. It's whole, it, yeah. They're all those Chicago dudes, like Dan Aykroyd and John... Like, those were all, all those... Sec- I think they probably... Like probably did stuff at Second City, which is why Second City Definitely. is so famous yeah. and popular. Um, so you can feel the just organic kind of uh, whimsicalness of this. And it just looked like they had so much fucking fun. Yeah, to your point, I feel like you can see the fun that they yeah. had making this. Yeah. Yep. Which probably is, doing a lot of coke. Which <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> but which is really funny because uh, Wes Craven... I think was quoted as saying something about like horror films are so fun to make, like try making a comedy. You'll really be miserable. And the outcomes are dramatically different when you publish them to the world. Sure. So it's just, it's funny to hear that. I feel like this is the exception of the rule though, where it's like, they probably were just having a blast doing drugs. (laughs) Yeah. And like, can you believe they're going to let us do this scene? Yeah. He's going to have a penis on his face. You so you you much like the frighteners. I found out about this movie from you. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I described it as like you walking past me and pulling out a comic book from your pocket. You're like, oh, you haven't read Spider Man number seven? Like, check this out. And you flicked it to me. Uh, and I was at your house one time. Uh, this is before we lived together in Chicago. And you're like, wait, you haven't seen nothing but trouble? I- I'm gonna lend this to you. And I was like, I you know I haven't. I think I you're, no no no. You gotta. <laughs> And it was one of those things I had for like two years and I never watched. And then you texted me one time. You're like, did you end up watching nothing but trouble? And I was like, no, I'll watch it tonight. And I remember watching it and not hating it, but being like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And why does someone I love so much have such a like vehement 
vehement attraction to this film. So this was back, uh, I remember like in the summer, uh, when you're 10 to 12 years old, right? Like you have nothing to do in the summer. Uh, and my parents were working. I think this was back when like you could leave your kid at home all day at the age of 10 or 12. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Uh, and I would just watch HBO all fucking day. And uh, you know how oh, HBO is like the same movie they'll play, times yeah, over like four hours. times a fucking yeah. day yeah, yeah. Uh, for a month. And I just remember this movie just watching it over and over. And every time it was on, I'd watch it because it was better than watching Wimbledon or something. You yeah. know, whatever was on yeah. during the summer, <laughs> HBO. So, yeah. yeah, no, this movie was just so fucking near and dear to my heart. And I can still remember it so well. Like, it's one of those movies that I've just seen so many fucking times. Yep. All right, man. Good list. This was fun. I'm glad. I'm glad we did this prompt. We needed a little bit of levity after doing uh, an episode on Rob Zombie films. Yeah, yes. Uh, so this this was a nice palate cleanser for us. The next episode, we are going to be rejoined by our buddy Justin Caroline to do our introduction to fall episode, which is an annual tradition of ours. This will be the third installment. Can't wait to have Justin back. Uh, we've got quite a nice little topic cooked up for you guys, so you're going to enjoy some. Good laughs, good nostalgia there. Uh, it's going to be a good time. We're, we're really looking forward to having him back. One of my favorite episodes that we do every year, for sure. Yep. It's like the highlight of my year. Yep, and we'll have a repeat guest in October as well. Um, someone that um, seems to be uh, an annual recurring guest too. So oh. looking forward to having our buddy back. Um, so we'll let you wonder who that is, even though I think I might have mentioned it a couple of times. Another one ago. of my favorite moments <laughs> of the year every year. Yep, for sure. So... Appreciate you guys hanging with us. Let us know what uh, what we missed, if anything, in the terms uh, in terms of horror comedy. Like I mentioned, we skipped a few things we talk about too often on the on the show. But let us know your thoughts, and we will see you next time. Bye.